RadioInfluence.com. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, students, and entire cities in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. Now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. My name's Seth, Jim Sidekick and producer here on America's Most Positive Podcast. Jim, you got a smile on your face. What's uh, what's behind that smile on your mind? Uh, I'm loving life. I'm loving life, Seth. Um, yeah, I'm just in a great mood. I've been in a great mood uh, this entire month, actually. And uh, uh, a great mood's not too far away from me anyway. Um Reaching goals, reaching goals that are stretches, macro goals, but doing it while you're having fun, that's what's on my mind. Can you reach the highest place in your industry? Can you reach the highest place in your company? Um, Can you reach the highest pinnacle of your sport? Can you reach the highest pinnacle in academics? Um, and can you do it while you're enjoying the ride? Uh, if the ride's not enjoyable, uh, I'm not sure the ride's worth it. Uh, it might be, but the end product of the score system, a thought management system my clients have been using since 1974, the end product is enjoyment. And I believe you can enjoy every single day while making things happen um, in the most positive way. The big rocks. Uh, I've used this analogy for a long time. I did not create this analogy. Uh, this analogy I, I heard uh, almost 30-some years ago. I'm not sure the origin of it, but it makes total sense. So let me run that by you. I have this jar. It's a big, clear glass jar, and it represents your life. And in this jar, I'm going to put some large rocks, big stones, and they represent big things in my life. Uh, My daughter, that's a big rock, and I'm going to put that in the the jar. My uh, second daughter, okay, first daughter, second daughter. Uh, Colby, Brianna, big rocks. My relationship with my wife, big rock. My wellness, my company, my friendships, my personal finance, all big rocks. And and I put them in there. Uh, my character, my spirituality, these are really big rocks. And I put them in the jar, and Seth, I can't get another big rock in there. So you have to ask, is it full? 
And the answer is no, it's not full. And so I take out some smaller rocks, some small stones. They're not as big as the big rocks, but they do represent some important things in my life. Uh, but they're, again, they're not as big. Um, and I put those rocks that may represent my home. And I'm not going to say my home is a big rock. Uh, I can always move. I can go rent. I can, I can go back to Kentucky and live on a dirt floor, you know. Uh, <laughs> but it's where you spend a, a big chunk of your time. Yeah, so, so, you so, so it's it important. Right. And, and so that's a, a stone. And, and all of a sudden, I put in all these smaller things. And they, through the cracks and the crannies of the big rocks, they work their way up so that I can't get another small stone in the jar. Is it full? And the answer is, no, it's not full. And I take out a bucket of sand. And these grains of sand are minutia of, yeah, I need to go take my car in. I have a dentist appointment at 3 o'clock. Small stones are uh, the the, uh, ingredients of sand, those small little grains. And that sand fills up through the small stones to the big rocks and I can't get another grain of sand in there. Is it full? And their answer is, it's not full. I take out a bucket of water, and I pour the water in, and the water ferrets its way through the grains of sand, through the small rocks, up to the big rocks, and the water now level, it's coming to the very top. I can't get another drop of water in this glass jar, not one. And again, water represents the most mundane things in my life, of what I'm wearing today or did I brush my teeth. It's important for right now, but in the scope of my life, it's definitely not a big rock. So what's the point of this analogy? I hope everyone has seen that jar in your mind because it represents your life. A couple of things. You can pack a lot of stuff in your life. You can get a lot of crap in there, Seth. You, you can just jam so many thoughts, so many things in your life. But the real takeaway here, if you don't place the big rocks in first, there's no room for the big rocks. And this is where we are today in our society. Never before in the history of mankind have we had more information coming at us from every angle, every different source, from Facebook to Instagram uh, to Twitter uh, to my cell phone, uh, a fax, FedEx, a real news uh, in real time, watching it on TV, more information than at any time in history. In fact, on my phone, I can Google pretty much anything, and I've got a walking talking encyclopedia that the guy used to schlep to our house when we bought it when he was selling it door to door with 16 volumes and now I've got access to all that information and more on my phone you know what this isn't just an analogy this also is practical advice uh, that that just came up in my life this morning so my wife who's eight months and three weeks pregnant so she would say you know it's easy to forget a couple things when you're that pregnant when you the big rocks analogy she was making chili this morning and forgot to put the meat in first 
And so it'll all fit in the crock pot if you put the meat in and then the other ingredients and, you know, then the, the tomatoes and We're going to forgive her for that. <laughs> We're gonna so, do, she's forgiven. <laughs> she was like, I leave her alone. I forgot to put the meat in. Leave Amanda alone, Seth. Come on. <laughs> you know what, though? <laughs> it, it happens to the best of us. And when you want to talk about feeling like, well, people say like, oh, I'm exhausted. Maybe she's just healthy, meatless chili, you know? Maybe, maybe that's may, it. Maybe, maybe, just, maybe she's saying, I should I should go vegetarian (laughs) dinners you know altering the dinner menu for tonight but when you talk about how much can fly at us one of the examples i thought of was the fact that uh nike just kind of just discontinued my running shoes that i preferred for the last few years and usually you just kind of go in and buy the same pair of shoes or buy them online and just you know they show up and they're not worn out from running you throw them on and i i kind of went into like oh man i just you know you, you get used to something so i popped over on youtube real quick to just check out some uh reviews of uh comparable nike shoes and i realized it's very easy to watch 40 minutes of people talking about shoes and be like oh I'm just tired now. Did I actually work out? <laughs> no, I didn't do anything. I just consumed a lot of information. You saw 40 minutes of people talking about shoes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Which, hey, in the right context, it can be helpful because you're not walking in blind, but it's easy to just binge on the information and feel like you did something. And that is, I mean, those are the drops of water. That really is. It, it is. And the grains of sand. And <clears throat> again, in our lives, if we put the big rocks in first, Focus on the big rocks, think about the big rocks, visualize the accomplishment and the finality of the big rocks uh, in finished state, seeing it in finished state. We've got plenty of time to laugh through life and enjoy life. And we need to get some enjoyment definitely back into our lives. Listen to music, uh, laugh with friends. Uh, and sometimes even laugh at ourselves for some of the things that we've done. And um, life should be fun, should be exciting. Why not? Big rocks. Now, we, we've got the fourth quarter coming up. we got a new month coming up in just a couple of days. And I want everyone to really focus what are the big rocks. And at the conclusion of this, uh, we're going to send everyone out with a, a blueprint for the fourth quarter, blueprint for October. Uh, but big rocks, really, that that's on my mind. It's easy to get bogged down into the sand, into the gravel, uh, into the water, mundane things that really don't move the needle. Uh, they don't take you where you want to go. And for the most part, there's a lot of waste there especially in today's society with social media. So soccer moms to CEOs, you, you, you've done coaching at every single level, you know, uh, from somebody who's staying home with the kids at this stage all the way up through the Fortune 100, right? If you just had to pick a number, how much time would you say that regardless of your role in life, winds up getting sucked up by things that don't really matter. Like how many hours a week? So if you take the CEO or an executive or, you know, a a sales manager, how much of their time are they spending on things that don't work? And then down at the other end, you got somebody that's that's stressed out from young kids. How much of their time do you think is, you know, is kind of put into things that that aren't moving anything in their lives? Our research over the last 10 years and is around 30 to 40 percent of your daily thoughts don't need to uh, 
be in your mind, that they're fillers, and they don't connect you to a lot of things. In fact, in many cases, they disconnect you from people. And these are past tense thoughts, negative future thoughts, which uh, promote anxiety, and past tense thoughts uh, is the anchor for worry. And a zone performer, someone that really is operating at their highest level, but not just in their work arena or their sport arena, in every arena of their life, they're really managing their life on a macro basis. Don't sweat the sand and the gravel. Don't sweat the small stuff. Um, Learn to reboot. Learn to dismiss. Learn to cocoon uh, yourself away from gossip, rumors, hearsay things that don't matter, and definitely navigate away from any type of thought that gets you to be a judge or a victim. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, are you going to be a a player or are you going to be a coach and judge? And are you going to be a victim of the situation or, or the circumstance or the condition? And... The best in the world, the world champions, they are operating on a macro level. Now, don't get me wrong. They're fastidious when it comes to paying attention to details. But these details are leading to that macro uh, fruition. And uh, details definitely are important. But there's a lot of thoughts in your mind uh, that are small, that there's details that you probably don't need. Um, and, and this is where the waste comes in. I think we need to go on a mental diet. We've talked about that on our show. And so, yeah, uh, I've answered your question. Uh, 30%, uh, you could get rid of those thoughts and be better off for it. Okay, so it's easy to want to listen to the Jim Fannin show and say, I, I should do that this week, and then not. So let, let's get you to where you do this this week. If you feel just kind of pushed to the wall, you're frazzled, you know that the rocks have not gone in the right order, and you know that the big rocks have been kind of sitting out there on the table, and you kind of keep giving them that glance and, and realizing that you, uh, you know, have are, are dropping some big stuff. Is this the day, is this the time where we pretty much have to schedule almost a day that's just quiet, and we, we rework up the blueprint? I think you can do it in less than a day. I think you can do it in 90 minutes, Seth. I really, really? do. Yeah, I, I do. I, I think it's um, it seems like a daunting task to, to get that blueprint. Uh, it may be easier with a guide if someone's guiding you and helping you and maybe coaching you, but uh, in less than 90 minutes, uh, and I'm pretty confident I, I can do this in less than an hour with a client, just in no time, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, they've got a complete life blueprint. And it's based on a macro level. And at that point, you'll see that illuminated pathway in every facet of your life where it's going. And hopefully that puts a smile on your face. And that smile, uh, you know, keep it as you're turning everything into fruition. Uh, We need to laugh more. We need to play more. We need to relax more. We need to reboot our brains, clear our minds more. But that's so much easier to do once you have a blueprint. And if you haven't read the book, The Blueprint, 
just take out a sheet of paper. Place eight, nine circles on that paper. They don't touch. And in each of those circles, it represents a portion of your life. Put a dollar sign in one of the circles. That's the change in your pocket, uh, the equity in your home. That's your personal finance. And that includes the income stream from your business or your job. And do you have macro goals? Five years, 10 years. Have you thought it to the end of your career? Uh, we see commercials on television all the time trying to get us to plan for the future. There's a lot of companies that do that, but you can do it. And, and I think initially you need to do it yourself. What do you want? What do you need? You can't always predict the future and how money's going to operate, but you know how much you make, you know how much you might need to make, and uh, do you have a plan, a savings plan, and is it based on a macro plan, big rocks? That's just one part of your life. Okay, let's move to the next one, your relationships. One plus one, you and your significant other together equal more than a part. Or what's the point? There is no point. Well, that's how you got together. I saw her. She saw me. We saw the future better together than apart. It's that one plus one equal three connection that creates a new entity that's greater than yourself. And um, yeah, you might have to be a little vulnerable. You might have to open up and let someone know your deepest, darkest secrets because communication is key. But see what you want in the relationship. Now, you've, you're in it now seven years, 10 years, 20 years. How's the formula? Is it still one plus one equal three? Or are you doing your thing and she or he is doing their thing? And two ships passing each other almost in the night and we're exhausted and we're tired and everything's for money and everything's for the house and everything is for the kids. Is that your life? You're going to wake up going, I, I'm void of smiles. I'm not as happy. Get a plan in that relationship and make up your mind. One plus one equals three. That's the way it will be. And what do I need to do to foster that? Cause that to happen? Probably better communication. But the first thing you need to do is, what do I want? What does he want? What does she want? And then you go to your vocation or job. Do you want to be independent and run your own company? Yeah, I've been thinking about it. I'd like to do that. But, you know, I, I, I can't quit my job because, you know, I'm making 80 grand and, and I, we need that 80 grand. And if I stop to, you know, make a new career of a new company and go out on my own, you know, I've got a little money set aside I can invest. But, boy, that 80 grand uh, faucet is going to be turned off. I'm going to have to recreate that immediately. That's stressful to stop a J-O-B and get a career and get one that you can control. Um, good fortune favors the bold, but you better be wise, not just false bravado. I get that. But you got to see it. You got to see it on a macro level that, yes, I can see that. And instead of 
it being about you, if you are in the possibility of starting a new company, think about your customers or your clients. Are you making their life better? If it's B2B, are you helping their company be better? Whatever business you're in, think about the people, the end user of your services or your products. Are they better at a price they can afford? And if that's the case, uh, I say go for it. But if you haven't gone through that in your mind and see your customers and clients thriving, well, an $80,000 job is still a good job. Yeah. And, and maybe you need to look inside the company. Is there room for me to climb to the top, to be the VP, the senior VP, or the president? So, but think on a macro level instead of bitching and complaining and moaning about the everyday stuff that I don't like. Most of that is sand, water, and gravel. It's not important. We need to dismiss it. That's where we get into the victim and the judge. And move on now to another arena. How about your wellness? Maybe that should have been first on our list. Uh, It's the body we know you're going to be with until the end. You know, we don't always know the company I'll be with to the end or our significant other. Hopefully we are. But the one thing that's for sure, your body, you were born with it and you're going to die with it. So what's that uh, Mickey Mantle said? If uh, uh, if I knew I was going to live this long, I'd taken better care of myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty profound. Um, but what's your plan on a health level? Um, what, what are your goals? Um, these are big rock items that really need to be taken into account and implemented. Then you can get into the food you're going to eat and, Uh, the vegetables that you're going to need. You can get into the minutia of that, which is crucial. But the first thing you need to do is, what do I want to be wellness-wise? And then you can also have another arena, although some people keep this in the self arena, spirituality. What do I believe on a macro level? And that could be religion or not religion, Uh, but that's a significant part of most people's lives. Then you have your friends. Um, You have where you want to live in a geographical sense. So your home could be its own arena. Each of these arenas, and, and then we go back to being a son or daughter, obviously that's an important arena. How about mom and dad? What are their goals? What are their vision? And how can I contribute to making their life better? Um, And then my siblings, How many siblings don't know each other well? Well, we used to, but we've just grown apart. You know, he lives in Arizona. I live here. We talk on the phone every couple of weeks. We talk about mom. We talk about Thanksgiving coming up. But I don't know what his visions are in his life. I don't know my um, nieces and nephews, their visions and goals, because I don't ask. And... Am I the best brother, the best sister that I can be? Now, just walking through a blueprint, which I did right now, do this on a macro level. Don't get into the minutia. We can get into details later. But you're going to have a breath of fresh air, and you're going to just be like, ah, 
I, I have a blueprint. This is something that I can manifest. And if things don't go out the way you want, at least you have something to adjust from. You can change. It's easier to change from something than to adjust from nothing. Now you're just making something up on the, on, on the fly. So I, I really believe that with the fourth quarter, October, November, December, coming up, go through the macro goals of each of the arenas of your life. See it as if it's so. Do that before October 1 hits in just a couple of days. And uh, be prepared for the greatest fourth quarter ever. And be prepared for October. You know, the fourth quarter has a a few uh, challenges because there's a lot of fun stuff in the fourth quarter. We got the holidays. We got a possible winter vacation around Christmas time. New Year's Eve. We've got travel, going to see Grandma. Uh, we got Thanksgiving. There's a lot going on, um, and, and we've got presents and all kinds of stuff w- with the holidays, uh, definitely as we get into December. Fourth quarter, it's shorter than you think. You're going to snap your fingers, and you're going to be in January 2019. Let's close the fourth quarter in the zone. Let's get some things done in the fourth quarter. And you, I know most of us listening, I'm, I'm included in there. Uh, I'm right there with you on my goals for 2018. I want to finish them. I had some lofty goals, and I, I, I'm on a pathway to do that. Um, but I know that I can get macro things, big rock things done, get them accomplished, and still enjoy life, and still laugh every day. Seth, you mentioned uh, a phone app, Blinkist. It's amazing how quickly something can go from something that you kind of feel like you should check out to something that's just essential for your week, and that's where I'm at. Well, this is a phone app uh, that summarizes over 2,500 best-selling nonfiction books, and they pack these key insights that you can read or listen to in just 15 minutes. And there's over 7 million people uh, using Blinkist every day to glean these insights. They need to become their best selves. Uh, And uh, that's what this show definitely is all about. Um, I like to listen to Blinkist uh, when I'm walking in the woods. And I I know uh, on your drive down, uh, that's when you uh, tap into Blinkist. Um, The Blinkist Library, and over 2,500 nonfiction uh, books. The Blinkist Library, it's massive, from timeless classics like The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The 80-20 Principle, to the current Amazon bestsellers, such as 12 Rules of Life, Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind. And uh, my personal recommendation is definitely check out uh the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That's an awesome, timeless book. And um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I think that'll give you some insight if you haven't read that book or at least glean the excerpts from that. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash Fannin to start your free seven-day trial. That's 
Blink is spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash Fannin, F-A-N-N-I-N, to start your free seven-day trial. You can cancel anytime. Blinkist.com slash Fannin. Every time that you come to the studio, uh, every time we see each other, we start laughing. And and I, I don't know why we it is. Other people could go, yeah, well, I know why you guys are laughing, but... But we do. The first yeah. thing, how are you doing? And there, there's always laughter. There's always smiles. Are you making other people smile? And I'm not talking about you, Seth. I'm talking about everyone listening. How many people have you made smile? Well, when you don't have a macro plan, a big rock plan, and all of a sudden the tail seems to be wag- wagging the dog in your life, well, that doesn't put a smile on your face and definitely that you're not going to share it. But I, I get so much joy out of making other people smile. And you literally make people smile by smiling. There's mirror neurons that all of us possess. This discovery uh, came about about four years ago, and it's monkey see, monkey do. So if I yawn, you know, there's a good chance that, <laughs> I'll, yawn that I'll get Seth to yawn because you there's a mimicking neuron that mimics what it sees. You can actually smile at someone and fire them, and I'm smiling and laughing, but I Seth, you're fired, and I'm laughing, and then you'll start laughing and smiling and then realize, holy crap, I just got smiled. <laughs> you know, I, I just got uh, not smiled upon. I just got fired. <laughs> So once you have that blueprint, put a smile on your face. That, that is a sense of accomplishment. And pass it on. Can you make 10 people smile today? Can you do that with a stranger? I've had every one of my clients do this. Uh, under the scope of influence, be an influencer of other people's thoughts. Well, wouldn't you want to influence people in a positive way? We need more smiles. We need more laughter. Um, And let's initiate it. Yeah. You know, I can actually think back to a few conversations I've had in my life where you you think about the people that influence you most, you know, kind of parents, coaches, you know, mentors, and those are all true. But I've also had a few conversations in airports that really just kind of helped me readjust and I never saw the person again. And it was the greatest thing ever. It is exactly what I needed. And they probably don't know long-term what they did. And I I have no idea how many times you've done this, but it's a lot, Uh, but that's always available. It's all in your attitude. And you know, it can be the people closest to you. It can be the waiters at Buffalo wild wings. Well, you know, in the first 90 seconds that you meet someone, uh, that impression is going to be indelibly etched in that person's brain about you and uh, saying your name in a positive way with silence in between your first and last name that ensures uh, retention of your name. I mean, if they don't remember your name, you've definitely given them no reason. But you also need to uh, throw in some smiles, get them to smile. Um, Yeah, I met a gentleman in a snowstorm. Uh, Now, we were in Orlando where there was no snowstorm. We're trying to get back to Chicago. This is a couple of years ago. And... um, our flight was canceled. Last one out. We started laughing. And I said, well, you know, we could be in worse places. We could have 
been snowed in in Buffalo. Now, nothing wrong with Buffalo, but it's colder than it definitely is in Orlando. And uh, we shared a ride. Uh, we each got a room. Uh, we had breakfast. And I've continued that relationship. And it was started with he and I were the only ones laughing in this situation. Everybody else was bitching, moaning, complaining. And we made the most of it. Uh, we had an in-depth conversation about our lives. And it's amazing what strangers will share with each other when you're uh, in a little challenge out on the road. Um, but I've met some people that have become good friends and long-term friends um, just by offering a smile first. And they smile back. And we've made that connection. Can you make 10 people smile today? Can you do that? I, li- I like the biggest, toughest, hard-ass guy uh, that looks like a mass murder in the airport. I want to make that guy smile. And everybody else, <laughs> everybody else is cutting this guy a wide berth. You know, it's like, I'm not going near that guy. He turns out to be the biggest teddy bear on the planet and the world's nicest human being. So looks can be deceiving. But man, when he puts on that big smile uh, and starts talking... Uh, I've had great conversations, and I, I know instinctful, instinctively, uh, eh, maybe I shouldn't talk to them, but that was an impression of how he looked, and it really defied who that person really was. Give everybody a smile, and uh, sometimes you'll get smiles back. Sometimes you may not, but you're giving something freely uh, they can add a little dopamine possibly to their life, and that may be the missing ingredient they need to get into a zone state, that enjoyment factor. You know, when we're talking about big rocks and enjoyment, you know, you mentioned uh, the person that's like, oh, I got a pretty good job. I don't know if I want to go start my own thing or I want to do something here. I think that for a lot of people, both are viable options. There's probably more people who can step into the entrepreneurial space than do. And there's more people that could be amazing intrapreneurs, like transforming the company they already work for, than actually do that. But I, I'm pretty sure that misery is never picking one of those rocks to put in the jar. Like either one of those could be paths to success and happiness. Uh, misery loves company as well. You're attracting the other naysayers, the other judges, the other victims, and then collectively you will all sink. And um, I, that's a good point. Can you make your company better? Can you make your department better? Um, and can you make yourself better? Are you getting better every day? I'm improving every day. Uh, what a great mantra that would be uh, to have for anyone. I'm improving every day. I'm getting smarter every day because I read every day. And um, I, I think, Seth, it, if we can start a tsunami by just giving it 10 listeners, 20 listeners, 1,000 listeners, 10,000 listeners, how many people could we actually change with one smile? But get your blueprint first. Get your big rocks in order. Know what you want. And then at that point, start living in the moment once you've made up this plan. The best in the world only go into the future for planning, strategy, and tactics. And then they hop a ride in the moment. 
they get into that zone mindset where there is no future or past. And you can only do that readily on a day-to-day basis when you have a plan. Get your plan for the fourth quarter, everybody. Put it in paper. We already know the deadline is 12-31-2018 to have the greatest quarter you've ever had in your life. Do the same thing for October. You'll do it again for November. And lastly, you'll do it for the 12th month, December. Let's get a macro plan and then get into the moment and have the greatest fourth quarter with happiness, with laughter, with music ever. And you got to share this. Share it. How many people in your life right now need a smile? How many people in your life need a pat on the back? Let's take your company, wherever your income stream finds you. How many people around that income stream, whether it's in an entrepreneurial corporate setting or are you actually inside a company with a J-O-B, working your way up? How many people are you in contact with that don't have a plan and are void of smiles, and they have chaos in their life. You know, most of the people we meet, uh, 60%, 70% of the average person's thoughts are in chaos. Chaos. Once you have a plan, that chaos is disrupted. There's now more order in your own mind, and now you're more readily uh, available to give a smile a pat on the back, an encouraging word, something positive, a compliment, open the door for someone, stand up in public transportation and give someone else your seat. I mean, that's old school. But the way to do that is to have your own life in order. Now you can help more people. This is a win-win. And the thing about a smile, it's so selfish. If I smile and the person smiles back, I'm getting some feedback here. That makes me feel good. And now we have the opening for a small conversation. I may learn something. I may pick something up. And you know what? When you're talking about goals in the fourth quarter, and how is just kind of, you know, looking up, looking around, there's also a selfish element to it. And you, uh, you always say that giving is one of the most selfish acts that you can do. Man, people will just show up and be amazing to you for no reason, you know, after you've helped them get a job, after you've helped them, uh, just simple stuff. Like they moved and you're like, oh, well, hey, my dentist is pretty good. You want, you want to talk to my dentist? The kinder and more open you are just as you go throughout your life. Uh, you know, actually just uh, one of our sponsors, Blinkist. I was listening back through uh, How to Win Influ- Friends and Influence People. Uh, and it's a book I've read, and from what I what I'm loving about Blinkist is it's a good refresher on on books that I'm might, maybe not going to read again all the way through, but I want to get the principles again, and that's been fantastic. And just there's a, a a moment in there talking about a World War II pilot that almost crashed because the mechanic put the wrong kind of fuel in, and he got back to the base, you know, due to incredible skill, was able to you know preserve his own life and the life of his co-pilot gets back and says to the uh you know asked to see the mechanic and said you know i know you've learned your lesson and i know that you will never make that mistake again so i always want you fueling my plane 
change that guy's life forever. As opposed to kicking his ass when you got back, right? I, Which I can see. I understand that. As opposed to saying, what is wrong with you? What's, what, what's, what's up with you? That's how not to influence. That's the other book that they wrote. But yeah, you, you do enough stuff like that. Multiply it out. People are going to want to help you get to where you're going. Yeah, it, it's uh, birds of a feather flock together and... Uh, uh, I, I'm all in with extreme positivity, which is the whole point of the show. It, it's to take everyday things and look at it in the most positive way. Um, there's always a bright side. There is a silver lining. I found that, you know, when you have a well-defined vision, it can even, and your subconscious is controlling that, it can take you to even get fired. I, didn't, I don't want to get fired. Who wants to get fired? But it can take you into a conflict to release you from that place, to take you to a new opportunity. The subconscious can work in some strange ways to get you what you want. And it, it might take you through some negativity short term to get you to the most positive place in your life. And, and when those things are happening, remain positive. Don't become a victim. Don't become a judge. Keep seeing what you want. Extreme solution-oriented positivity. The fourth quarter. It's here, Seth. And, and I, I'm telling you, we got to close this quarter like champions. And that means with enthusiasm, uh, with pleasure, with laughter, with music. And... Uh, Let's close 2018 in the most amazing way possible. You know, a lot of good things have been happening. I, I want to talk about one. I want to talk about someone I know, Tiger Woods. Oh, man. Tiger Woods, <clears throat> I, I've been on the course with him uh, 10, 15 times uh, when he was playing a practice round uh, with Charles Howe III or Luke Donald, one of my clients. Um so I got to have uh, some definite insight in Tiger Woods. When he was at his absolute best in 2000, 2001, uh, he was winning at a uh, prolific rate. And there was a feeling when he was playing that who's going to be second. And if he's in the hunt on Sunday, you knew that he was going to win and his trademark red shirt. And at that time, I really realized that Tiger, probably 7 to 80% of his thoughts um, were in the moment. And his future was already ordained of what he wanted to do, break Nicholas's record. And uh, he didn't dwell on the past. He dismissed it, learned from it, and moved on. But mentally, he was by far the toughest uh, athlete in the world at that time, and that's why he was winning so many majors. And then he has some personal issues. He has some physical issues. I mean, this guy has been through quite a bit. But I noticed when he was going through those issues, he was talking more about the future, more about the past. He really dwelled on that quite a bit. And that was so unlike him when he was winning. When he was winning, 
Uh, I didn't hear him complain. I didn't hear him talk in a negative way. But I got to tell you, this past weekend, I saw all four rounds. He won his 80th PGA Tour title, the first title in more than five years. And there he was in his Sunday red shirt, uh, both arms raised in victory on the 18th green. And we've seen that many, many times. And uh, this time it was surreal. Quote, Tiger Woods, I can't believe I pulled this off. Uh, He said that Sunday during the trophy presentation at the Tour Championship, uh, thousands of fans were nuts, delirious. It was crazy how many people and millions around the world were rooting for this guy to win. Uh, Woods was overcome with emotion. Uh, Two back surgeries, six weeks apart. He couldn't lie down, couldn't sit, couldn't walk without pain. Golf was the least of his concern. Um, yeah, I, when you break down what you have to do mentally to get back from it, because a lot of people never kind of get over uh, the the phantom pain, even professional athletes. If there's always a little bit of fear there of what if this injury happens again, this guy had to put it all out of his mind. And, you know, I read something about uh, or, or watched an interview with him afterwards where he said as soon as it landed on that 18th grade, he's like, oh, I got it. I got this putt and it's it's would be very easy to do the the opposite there like oh man well I've almost done it a few times this year well I didn't it, get it last it, time it's the first time um I mean he posted a 65 on the first day which was awesome uh tied for the lead right off right out of the gate but you know it's the first time in five years that he was in the moment enjoying the moment uh not talking about the future of the past I believe not thinking about the future of the past locked in he was mentally mentally back on top of the world because at one time nobody was better mentally than tiger woods i mean you just knew you could feel it i remember uh luke donald uh, finished third at the masters i i gotta go back in my memory and see what year this was tiger beat demarco uh coming in we were uh, right behind Tiger and Tiger was hitting the ball all over the place at Augusta. I mean, he was not in the fairway, but there was something intangible that you knew he would get up and down. He'd save par. He'd make the par putt. He'd make the few opportunity birdie putts that he had. You just knew it. I mean, he was so mentally tough. I remember him winning that green jacket, that Masters green jacket. And he didn't hit the ball well. He did not strike the ball well at all. And it's good to see uh, the competitor, the ferocious Tiger, uh, in the last few uh, uh, holes uh, as he won for the first time in five years. And I'm telling you, what a shot in the arm uh, of the entire golf industry. They really miss Tiger Woods (laughs) because he put a lot of money in, in the golf industry. And he brought so many fans and I think in this telecast, a lot of fans were running to the TV, uh, checking the scores on uh, on their phone, uh, rooting for Tiger to come back. You know, we're a nation that we can punish our heroes when they're they've done something wrong, and and we can take someone from the highest level and just cut them to shreds and shred them and almost into oblivion. We've seen uh, the great heroes. Uh, reduce themselves to to uh, mediocrity. We've seen that. 
Um, but we love our comebacks. Oh, man. You know what? And, and we love giving people second chances. We do. We do. This past weekend, I mean, Tiger just sucked all the oxygen out of the room for almost everything. <laughs> you know, I I had several text messages was going back and forth with friends about, uh, you know, Tiger's still up. Tiger's still up. I think he's going to do this thing. So I, I kind of feel bad for you if you had a uh, not bad, bad, but if you had to stand that week in the NFL or the MLB or you were in a movie that was released this week, I, I think you might have been playing second fiddle to Tiger this weekend. Oh, yeah. Tiger, you're in the zone. Well done. What a great comeback. It, it's really uh going to catapult him hopefully mentally into uh an amazing 2019 mental that's how he overcome uh the uh challenges that he had he, he overcame uh again surgeries i he finally said just to be able to compete and play again this year that's a hell of a comeback that's a quote from him and uh but he overcame all of those challenges uh, and he stood in the victory circle one more time. I don't think he's done. Effie Obadah. This is a person that also had serious challenges that r- rose to the forefront. Human trafficking survivor. Now think about this. This guy played in his first ever NFL regular season game, Panthers Defensive end, Effie Obadah. He had an interception, tallied a sack, and had a sack fumble overturned on review. It was the game of his life. Not because it was his NFL de- debut, but because there aren't many games uh, from which to choose. At 26, uh, he had only played in 20 games of competitive football in his entire life. Yeah, crazy story. So he was actually born in Nigeria and was a victim of human trafficking, which he hasn't really opened up a whole lot about. But I mean, uh, with with his sister, with his sister, with his sister, they were both taken uh, and uh, they were rescued in uh, the Netherlands. And now that's a 10 years old, 10 years old, 10 years old. He's under uh, human trafficking. Yeah. some dastardly people. Yeah. I mean, that is a horrific um, uh, part of our society when you think about human trafficking, um, the mental anguish, the physical abuse, uh, the loss of freedom to do anything and everything, and that was him. And now it's not the thing that defines his life, without a doubt. That's something that happened to him. And look at what he's been able to turn it into. And so, you know, with almost no advantages at all in life, uh, he, you know, he, and it was a little while for him to get up to the NFL too. So they, he well, was, he only played five games in a uh, London Warriors of this BAFA National League. That's in England. Uh, that's where he discovered American football. Uh, but now he's on the Panthers. He's playing every day on Sunday. And uh, anyway. Wow. Uh, he'd bounce around four different NFL teams, but finally uh, he got a game jersey uh, Sunday with the Panthers. Congratulations. Uh, you're in the zone. Yeah. This I would, mean, that's a zone performance. <laughs> this would be just to, you know, to kind of put perspective on it. This would be me like, hey, Jim, you know, uh, we I'm not going to be around for the show next week. I, I'm going to I'm going to fly out to Utah and I'm going to try out bobsledding. And then after a week, I make the Olympic team. <laughs> I mean, that's 
Yeah, pretty this, much what happened. This was definitely impressive. You know, there's another uh, NFL player who is making waves in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, his father was an NFL uh, uh, major league baseball pitcher, and um, look what he's done. This guy has thrown. He's set the record, by the way, uh, thirteen touchdowns in four games. Never been done by anyone, um, has uncanny throwing ability, which he says he learned from being a baseball player, can throw from every angle, off the wrong foot, uh, being tackled, on the way down, still gets off a pass with cold-blooded accuracy. And again, he learned that to throw sidearms sometimes in baseball. He was a shortstop so obviously he could go down with a bare hand and flick it almost underhanded to first base. Shortstop uses different arm angles to get the ball off uh, to the first baseman. And this is definitely what this guy's done. Plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, check him out. Put him on your radar. Uh, we'll see what's going to happen. But he has really turned this franchise around, and he's getting a lot of notoriety. He's also going to get a lot of middle linebackers uh, with uh, put a bullseye on him. <laughs> and uh, the good news is uh, the referees are protecting quarterbacks a little bit better this year than ever. That's bad news for the uh, uh, defensive ends and the linebackers. But uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, you're in the zone. Well done. You know, and I think this also highlights kind of physical training versus mental training because you're you're never going to tell a pro athlete not to train. But there's only so far that you can go just working on your body. You have to have the mind there, too, because nobody could practice what he did. He threw off of one off of the wrong foot sidearm and threw a perfect pass. That's about seeing it in your head because you can't. I mean, that's like that'd be like practicing half court shots in basketball every day. Just in case you get one once in a while, it'd be, it'd be kind of silly. Well, that's just improvising. That's using your intuition. Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers can do that. Um, and has done that in his career. And uh, Mahomes is uh, young, strong, a rocket for an arm, uh, supposedly uh, can throw uh, 60 yards from his knees, which is shocking and impressive, and uh, 60 yards from his knees. I mean, hello, uh, that's a rocket arm. But he also has soft touch, uh, which uh, the flamethrowers – um, don't always have soft touch. So uh, put him on the radar, follow him. He is definitely a zone performer, and we'll see how he does. So right now, he's definitely in the zone. Let's go for another zone moment here where you had to see a solution where nobody else would. Jim, did you did you get in trouble ever for not wearing a bike helmet when you were a kid? Never wore one. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Okay, just, no. So no, you didn't. No, I really, no, I never, you know, I think it's a, I don't know what it is. It's I, I think it's my age. You know, uh, it's not a wise move. You know, one of my best friends actually died with no helmet in a motorcycle accident, and that, that was the last time I, I actually uh, rode a motorcycle because of, of his death. But, uh, you know, today, uh, to not have a helmet, uh, it's probably not a wise thing to do. And uh, more and more people are uh, wearing helmets. And um, and now even more people will. There's a guy named David Hall. 
Uh, he was an engineering student at Virginia Tech when uh, tragically his his sister was hit by a car while she was riding her bike and she spent four months in a coma. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, let me let me be a little personal here. I've actually been hit by a car on a road bike and I didn't get that uh, that injured, but it hurts. Uh, <laughs> so that's really what's so been that's going, what's on. going on. <laughs> I never knew that. I never knew the root of it. Wow. Yeah. It's the old bike accident. <laughs> so, it, I mean, I, I am so thankful I was wearing a helmet that day, but it's an easy thing to not do, especially if you just, you know, you, you still got some kind of nice fall weather to get out, zip around the neighborhood, work out, whatever. Well, this engineering student actually figured out a way to make a helmet that's just as safe, but it actually looks and feels like a baseball cap with a strap on it by doing a different kind of foam. You can fold this down and put it uh, in any, any container that will hold a water bottle. Uh, and this is going to save a bunch of lives. And again, this is one of those things that probably anybody could have done at any time, but one person saw it when nobody well, else currently did. Only 29% of American adult cyclists say they always wear a helmet. And another 15% say they wear one occasionally. And uh, hopefully this invention... Uh, we'll make it easier, more conducive, uh, and we'll have more people wearing helmets. We'll save more lives, and uh, uh, th- this will be a positive thing. But out of necessity becomes uh, 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 this in- great invention. So it's a helmet that's the size of a water bottle, and voila, uh, next thing you know, I've got a, a helmet for my entire head. Not bad. Jim, so a major theme on the show recently has been enjoyment, right? And uh, sometimes enjoyment means getting out of the town and having a good time. Well, it does. I, it, it, uh, I hearken back to the day uh, in the 70s, Seth, where Dr. J, NBA superstar, uh, was playing for the New Jersey Nets. And I'd never seen uh, a basketball player do what Dr. J could do. And I made up my mind I was going to take whatever little money that I had. This is just after college. And I was going to hop on a plane and go watch him play. And I I went to Jersey. I saw him in Cleveland. I saw him in Philadelphia. I saw him uh, in L.A. And uh, that was kind of my thing. I know uh, my daughter uh, was crisscrossing the country uh, as a rabid fan uh, a lot of concerts that she would go to. Dave Matthews Band. Who's this Dave Matthews guy? Is pretty amazing. Now, uh, with vivid seats, uh, this is going to be easier than it was in the 70s. That's definitely. It's an online event, event ticket marketplace, and it's dedicated to pro- providing us, the fans of live entertainment, uh, with experience that lasts a lifetime. Look at me. I'm still talking about the 70s following Dr. J. But with Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists in person. And what's better than that? Great prices, easy purchasing experience. Um, and uh, with our podcast, uh, there are privileges. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app, V-I-V-I-D-S-E-A-T-S. Download the Vivid Seats app, enter promo code INFLUENCE, I-N-F-L-U-E-N-C-E. Put the promo code INFLUENCE, you get 10% off your first purchase with Vivid Seats. 
and all Vivid Seats confirmed orders, well, they're backed by a 100% guarantee. I think it's time uh, to go see some experiences live. So, Jim, you talk about sometimes you don't have time to think. Before we go into this next story, could you give me the, the yeah, for somebody's new, what's the kind of the 30-second the recap of why you might not have time to think? Why I don't have time to think. So, like, if you're in the World Series, you got to throw the pitch. You know, whatever it is, those crucial moments. These uh, are they, these are moments of truth. Yeah. And the next move I make or non-move uh, dictates the outcome. Uh, it's here that you want your intuition to take over. And if the intuition has um, been programmed with the art of visualization which is the primary tool for uh, enhancing your mind, your intuition, sharpening it. Um, We're going to visualize anyway, Seth, uh, 67% of our waking hours. We need to visualize uh, in a macro sense what we want, those big rocks. Visualization is crucial, and it can help you improve everything in your life and we do it anyway but we need to do it in a very cognitive um, structured manner and um, once that happens Seth good things will happen now you're on automatic pilot you don't need to think you've already programmed yourself for success and you know what we just saw this with a group of Marines this is really crazy uh there was actually a a fire that broke out in a nursing home in washington dc and you know the emergency services were a little ways away and a group of marines ran in they rescued 190 seniors uh and uh there were a few that were treated for smoke inhalation but obviously this could have just been a horrific horrific event and what i think is amazing there you're talking about programming the brain these are the people who have been programmed for high stress situations. And now have they trained specifically for, you know, for pulling someone who's paralyzed out of a burning building in a way that's going to keep them safe? No, but that's where the intuition and the training takes over. So when you put in the work, that's when the amazing stuff happens when sometimes you don't know when that moment's actually going to come. Yeah. These are zone moments. Uh, your, your mind, um, uh, will definitely catapult you into that purposeful calm state where everything is possible. And this is when you do some pretty amazing things. And you do it without thinking about your own safety. So these Marines, uh, the good news for the seniors, they were only 200 yards away uh, from the apartment building that they were living in. Uh, but this is a group of men uh, that were trained for stress and uh, – it was activated, and uh, miraculously, no one, uh, no one died. I think only how many? Only four or five people uh, were treated for smoke inhalation. Yeah, that, that's just amazing. It's just amazing. Visualization. That's one of the best tools, the greatest tools possible. Uh, there's some new studies. Uh, they're actually based on a lot of old studies. Our first study on visualization was uh, in 1974. Uh, We did this again in 1980 on the impact of visualization. Uh, But there is some new uh, statistics out. Yeah. So they actually followed a a group of people who are losing weight. 
people who are doing visualization, which you can, I think you should do a quick recap here on the different kinds of visualization. People using visualization on the exact same diets as people who weren't lost another 1.6 inches around their waist, which that is at least in men's, you know, in men's clothing, you're another pair of pants size down. Well, uh, visualization uh, uh, caused improvement in weight loss five times as the group that did not visualize. So visualization, and if you think about visualization, this is situational imagery. Let's say you want to lose some weight. Visualize tonight what you're going to eat tomorrow. Never have a day you haven't already eaten. So see what you're going to have for breakfast. See it as if it's so. Maybe taste it. Use your senses to take in that meal. That's going to just take a few seconds. Visualize what you're going to have for lunch. Visualize an apple snack, for example. Visualize dinner. And you're done. Never have a day of meals you haven't already had. Now, what does this do? Well, your subconscious is going to record that visualization. It's going to replay it once or twice at night. Now, if you visualize what you're going to eat in the last 30 minutes, well, that's replayed 15 to 20 times. Now what? Well, now you're not going to be ambushed. Come on, have a donut. It's not going to hurt. One donut, Seth. Come on. It's got <laughs> sprinkles on it. It's not, you're right. It's no big deal. I'll have a donut. But you know what? If you visualize what you want, uh, the odds are you're not going to put something in your body that you don't want. That's why visualization works, and um, you can see yourself thin, but now you start acting thin. How many times, if you're a little bit overweight, have you got up and gone, Oh, gosh, it's tougher to get up. Man, my rear end's so big, I think I'm being followed. You know, you start telling jokes on yourself. You complain like a victim just getting out of a chair. That's negative visualization. You're just uh, programming yourself to stay that way. What would happen if you visualize yourself being at your optimum? And that floods your mind. Your subconscious is going to do everything to manifest it, and you're going to start acting like you're thinner, not complaining when you get up out of a chair. Just bouncing up, unhinging your jaw, making sure you're drinking more water. So visualization improved weight loss five times for the group that visualized as opposed to the group that just had a diet but didn't visualize. That's remarkable. Apply this to anything in your life. This is not just for weight loss. This is for anything. You're visualizing anyway. Might as well visualize what you want. And for the fourth quarter, visualize those macro goals being accomplished. See that every day. And You know, I think I've mentioned this before, but uh, – if you're brand new to the Jim Fannin show, you're like, huh, you do that? Yeah, yeah, I do, because it's worked for all Jim's clients. I, I, I got a quick work call right before I got here, and you know, I cut the uh, other person off probably about seven minutes before I got here. I, I know once I hit uh, you know, kind of the uh, exit right off the interstate, I'm you know maybe five to seven minutes away. And so 
I always, first of all, I, I put on kind of a, the same playlist. I listen to a couple songs before we start every show. Just put myself in a good mood, right? Enjoyment. And then I just go through a quick laundry list, you know, plugging in the laptop, you know, audio filter one on, audio filter two on, you know, both of them in record mode, checking the headphones. And have I done this stuff a million times? Yeah, but you know what? Through visualization and just a couple of minutes of that, I know that uh, I'm going to have all the details right and we're going to have a smooth show. Well, champions uh, have mental routines, physical routines, uh, pre-performance, and that's what you're talking about. Um, every champion I've coached had these routines uh, before every game, before every contest, before every round of golf, before every business meeting, dress rehearsal. It really is a big deal. Seth, self-discipline. Yeah. Concentration. Optimism. Relaxation. And enjoyment. We're getting ready to go into the fourth quarter. If you could showcase one thing, one thing for the fourth quarter that you would like to have in your life, what would that be? Honestly, I, I would say that right now, not just because it's the episode of the show, I would say that it's having the big rocks in the right places as, uh, you know, it possibly by the next show, I'm going to be a parent. Uh, and I've still got a business to run. I've still got, you know, a, a marriage to pour into. Uh, it it really is for a, a me. New, a new arena has arrived. <laughs> a new arena has arrived. And, uh, you know, uh, for me, I think if, as far as self-discipline goes, it really is making sure that I'm the person that sets the, agen- the agenda for each day, even uh, although I'm obviously going to be a little more sleepy for the next couple of months and not just letting everything get away from me. Well, I, I think it's positive that you're thinking about self-discipline. Uh, the willingness, the commitment to stay with the task, to reach well-defined goals, having the big rocks in order, having everything uh, organized because, uh, you know, you've got uh, a new kid in your life. But, you know, I'm going to throw a little enjoyment your way because these next three months is going to be the most joyous time possible. Uh, I believe that you're going to be in the moment more with a newborn. Uh, The newborn will demand that (laughs) you are in the moment. And and as the personality evolves, uh, the movement increases, being able to lift the head up, uh, being able to sit up, and eventually... Uh, being able to stand up and and soon my my grandson will be one year old be able to walk um, you got to enjoy the moment because it's a time that'll never be recreated with this particular child for sure hopefully you'll have more but enjoy this it's the I best time that. yeah it's the best time of your life and uh, really bond uh, even more so uh, with Amanda. Yeah, and, um, and I think one of the best things that you've told us, and I think this ties into enjoyment, is hey, don't shut everything down. Uh, you know, take uh, take the new board along, and obviously there's some limitations. I would say we probably are not going to go to a movie with a newborn. At least the other moviegoers would approve appreciate that. Probably not going to go to uh, you know, as I'm looking forward to the NBA season. I doubt I'm getting to a Bulls home game in October, November, or December uh, because you know the car seats probably uh, not going to fit into the seats real well. But 
other than that, I, you know, I really appreciate that you told me that you, you, you don't, know. don't miss a beat. Yeah. Don't miss a beat. You know, you're welcoming a newborn into your life and, um, uh, your kid will adjust, uh, to the surrounding conditions and just make it loving, happy. Uh, but be, be you, be your genuine, authentic best self. You know, there's so much trepidation when you have a new kid of, oh my gosh, I, I remember is a long time ago uh, when Colby was born, my, my, my first kid. And, uh, you know, I, I'm driving 100 miles an hour uh, to the hospital. But I remember taking her home from the hospital driving 12 miles an hour. <laughs> you know, I've got 10 and 2, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I, I was really freaked out about uh, – it, it did freak me out because yeah. I – I didn't know what to do and you can read books and you can be told by a million other parents, uh, but there's nothing like uh, <laughs> having your own kid is like, where's the manual? Yeah. You know, is there an operational manual? Do they, you know, we, we get one for so many products in our lives, but here's your kid. There's no operational manual. Good luck. People are uh, passing you thinking you're 107 years old on the interstate and they're yeah, like, oh, yeah, wait, that guy's pretty young. What's <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But you know what? Live an awesome life, and uh, your kid will adjust. And uh, just make it positive, make it happy. Enjoyment. Enjoyment for the fourth quarter um, is something that I really want for everyone. Don't let the fourth quarter become stressful in a negative way. See what you want. See it as if it's so. But see it with a smile on your face. And whatever you need to overcome, look at that as challenges. And let those challenges inspire you and motivate you to close 2018 as the greatest year of your life. And we can always go next, and we will say next, New Year's Eve 2018, 1231. It will be next. But let's live in the moment because this, this fourth quarter, you can snap your fingers. It's going to go by quickly. Uh, the world is moving fast. The best in the world, they slow it down. The best athletes slow the game down. They see the game through different eyes. They see small openings that on film didn't seem like there was an opening, but they got through there, a running back going through a line that the opening was just for a, a nanosecond. But that back slowed the game down. The quarterback slows the game down. Slow life down. Yes, have your macro goals. October, November, December. See it as if it's so. Yes, enjoy the moment. Be in that present tense. Because that's really where the essence of life really is. It's connecting not only with ourselves, but it's connecting with other people. Look people in the eye long enough to discern their eye color. Now, Seth, don't look longer than that. They'll think you're a little strange. But you need to connect and um, be happy. Think about it. Your kid is going to come into this world with no expectations. None. DNA has programmed what's going to happen in terms of the basics. But it's that environment that you and your wife are going to create that's going to dictate 
how your kid's going to be. Yeah. It, that's exciting. You can look at it and go, oh my gosh, that's a lot of responsibility. That's freaking me out. But if you're your genuine, authentic, best self, that's all you need. You don't need to be super dad or super mom. Just be you. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to parenthood because I, I know... Uh, this may be the last show that uh, you're without child, you know? <laughs> and uh, I, I know Amanda's ready to give birth at any single moment. What a great time, and the fourth quarter is going to be awesome for you. You know what? And if I can tie this all together, if I could just do a quick little analysis on 2018 for me, it's like, you know, first quarter, eh, it wasn't, it wasn't the worst I've ever done anything. It wasn't the best. Second quarter, better. Third quarter, I can because we kind of look at the uh, the year in chunks. I know that the third quarter was so much better than the second quarter. I know kind of what habits and you know kind of what I want to carry into the fourth quarter because obviously things get a little more complex. But that doesn't mean that uh, that you know joyous occasions should offline the rest of uh, what I got what I got to do right. And so the fact that uh, each one of the, I think each one of these quarters actually can build on themselves. I think you can be better at the score system. Uh, you know, in March of 2019 uh, than you are right now, just by continuing to work on those habits. And uh, and honestly, to just keep coming back to the, the basics, reboot and the score check, and you just keep building up those mental muscles. Yeah. Think about what you need. Do you need self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, and enjoyment? All five of those markers together at their highest level. Here comes the zone phenomenon where everything is possible. And that zone phenomenon helped Tiger Woods win the first time in five years. Uh, It's helped uh, Pat Mahomes get off to the greatest start of any NFL quarterback. Uh, It's helped someone uh, that's overcome human trafficking to make it to the NFL with almost no experience. It's pretty amazing. That zone phenomenon helped create... Uh, a bike helmet that's going to save lives and save concussions uh, just because they saw the need of making it smaller and more conducive to schlep around, you know, the size of a water bottle. And just like that, I've got a helmet. These are all zone moments uh, that can be thread together in this quilt of a zone life. And I really believe a zone life is possible for each and every one of you listening. You just need to commit to a zone life. Zoniacs, be in the zone. It's the only place to be and be in that zone for the greatest quarter of your life. October, November, December 2018. Rock and roll, everybody. Be in the zone. It is the only place to be. Talk to you next week. Need more help getting to the zone or want to check out some of Jim's books? Follow Jim on Twitter at Jim Fannin or visit JimFannon.com for more incredible tips to help you become your best, most authentic self. This has been the Jim Fannin Show on Radio Influence. This is a leveling the playing field quick fix on Radio Influence. 
This week's guest is Dr. Caroline Silby, a sports psychologist, and I'm so excited. I've been wanting to have a sports psychologist on for so long. She is a nationally recognized expert on the development of young female athletes, author of Games Girls Play, Understanding and Guiding Young Female Athletes, and an adjunct faculty member at American University. A lot of people did tell me, I don't know how you're going to do this. Like you need at that point in time, people in sports psychology worked at universities. So they they would get a teaching job or um, uh, a job in the athletic department. Mm -hmm. Um, There weren't there were some universities that were hiring sports psych people, but the, the people that were hired were hired. Like those jobs weren't opening up. Right. They hadn't been there that long yet. Um, so the, there weren't, there wasn't this huge amount of university positions. And again, I, I really felt like I could go into private practice, but actually my first job out of graduate school, I went and worked at a ballet school because I thought I wanted to do eating disorder work. Mm. And so I thought what better place than to go to work at a ballet school and get and so I was supervised um, while I worked there and they wanted a performance person and that's what I did it was a boarding school and these dancers all live there kind of re- what I had done my life right, right? Um, and they trained and they went all over and they did the nutcracker and it was a great experience but I knew that from that I learned I, I just was I didn't want to do eating disorders it just wasn't what I wanted to do I had asked the school, would you mind? Can I clients want to come in? Can they come? And they were okay with that. I I think legally today, liability wise, you probably couldn't do it. But back then they were okay (laughs) with it. And they said, sure. And I think they were wanting people to see the school, you know, anyway, like that gave exposure to the school. So I was even able to build my and that's when I said, okay, I'm ready. I can step off and jump into this leveling the playing field with bobby sue doyle hazard can be found on apple podcasts stitcher tune in radio google play and radioinfluence.com